0: oh my eyelids a little bit all right that's a great screenshot <laughs> 10 out of 10 oh yeah oh yeah um hey everybody it's Tori the founder of the Mighty Dames and we are joined for I'll say technically part two or three but we're gonna pretend like none of those happened but we're back with another roll call interview this time we are with the amazing Jasmine how are you doing today I'm good Tori good to see you oh my god it's so nice to see you again I think um so let's think. We first met at the—I don't know—one of the open mats down here. Was it the one with Jiu Jitsu Gypsies? Uh, it the joint it might
1: one? have been once because we did that statewide. Yeah. In Orlando with Pretty Dangerous, and I think that was when, and that was got got to be like four years ago or something. Jeez, like please
0: that. don't say that. Oh God. <laughs> oh well, I was still a blue belt then, so that was at least two years ago. Hmm. Jesus. All right, never mind. Um, or like uh, maybe at a probably at a competition too. Oh, I always saw you the competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a hard figure to miss at a competition. (laughs) Um okay, yeah. So let's go ahead and get everyone your quick stats. Let's say um how long you've been training, where you're training at, your belt, all that jazz. Hi, hi everyone.
1: My name is Jasmine Bienvenue. I am a brown belt at Easton Training Center in Denver, Colorado. Um, I've been training for nine, almost nine and a half years, so I've uh, been in the game a while. You might have seen me refereeing Naga, getting yelled at in Portuguese, sometimes at IBJJF. You might see me, it's the women's open mats, I support uh, the lovely Olivia Chand with Jiu-Jitsu Gypsies, so I've been around the, around the block for a while, yeah, a yeah,
0: <laughs> big Olivia. fan. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 this is, again, like, this is the second interview in a, in a, in a row that, like, Olivia's been brought up, like yeah we love Olivia here like because
1: she's like my partner in crime true story Mm -hmm. she still texts me about gypsy stuff and I'm in Colorado now like (laughs)
0: um so how long were you in um in like the Miami area before you moved to Colorado uh
1: it was probably about two 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 and a half years something like that um I had moved to Miami for love oh as per usual that's what happens um but I knew that I eventually wanted to move to the other side of the country I wanted to be in mountains um Mm. so not many of those in
0: Florida not many not many like we couldn't tell by your background like you like the mountains
1: (laughs) so it's pretty cold up here right now in the mountains so I'm not going and seeing these things willingly right now with like two feet of snow to plow through so it's a no for me
0: I do not blame you (laughs)
1: to be fair, it's beautiful and 60 degrees outside in Denver right now. So Denver's okay. special in that way that it doesn't get, it does get whack weather, but not as often. As okay. Do. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was in Miami for two and a half years and then I got a, a job offer out here in Denver. And um, soon after that, like probably like nine months after that, I got, I moved out here and Gus followed me after that. My husband. All right. You're the hubby.
0: Um, okay. So how did you get started in jiu-jitsu?
1: Yeah, I was um, probably 19 years old, and Good. I was uh, going to the University of Tampa, um, so I was living in Tampa Bay at the time, and I was going to this gym just, like, down the street from where I was staying, and I ended up getting a job there because it needed a part-time job, you know, to make ends meet uh-huh. in
0: college Of course.
1: <laughs> at a gym, and I was taking these, like, cardio kickboxing classes at this gym. I think it was called Choice Fitness at the time. Um, it mm-hmm. is definitely not there anymore. I think it's replaced by home buildings and blind tiger coffee now it's like i don't know it's not not okay. there anymore but in the back i would see um some mma some people playing doing mma you know mm-hmm. uh, rolling and uh fighting actually fighting and at the time i was like there's more beyond boxing
0: like what <laughs> there's something else what
1: and I did make friends with one this this girl, Sammy, who um, I think still trains so more often sometimes, but she's not as more active in the game as she used to be. Okay. And she invited me to a jiu-jitsu class. And that was like, I think the week of like Thanksgiving. And like when I was, don't even know what year it is. Don't ask me to do the math. Um,
0: <laughs> a little bit ago, that's all.
1: <laughs> a little bit ago. Um, and this this gym was called Gracie Tampa um, mm-hmm. South, run by okay. Oreo. And I um started to the class and- that was it I uh-huh. got hooked I needed something to take out my aggression because I had just broken up with like my high school sweetheart and um that'll do it, it was ended up being jujitsu, and I did kickboxing as well for a time but then you know as most people learn like jiu takes up way more energy you have to be like a professional fighter to really just do both mm-hmm. and for your body to be able to hang so definitely um ended up taking jiu-jitsu and here we are um almost just over nine years into it. And we're still going, touch and go for a
0: while, but we're still going. So like, you're just sitting there, boom, 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 cardio kickboxing. and You like peek in the back room, like what's going on
1: back there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, uh, I mean, it it was really intriguing just like what they were doing. Mm you know I, to be completely frank like the attractive men going in and out of there caught my eye and then like then the jiu-jitsu caught my eye. So. I love how you're
0: like okay let me be completely honest I didn't I mean I just saw some good looking dudes walking into a room and like
1: oh no, what's going well right like there? you know you, you follow them and you're like what on earth are they doing and then uh, there you okay. go, that's it
0: <laughs> okay I got you okay so like good job good looking men you got her into the sport
1: oh yeah <laughs> with your cauliflower ear it's a notch top notch
0: it's funny because like when people see that they have like that one or two reaction it's like oh god no (laughs) or it's like hmm, I'm intrigued tell me more my best friend she's
1: like I don't I'm not there for the feet like the feet are too close to the face
0: oh my goodness I'm so glad you said that that is me like I will never be a heel hooker I will never be anything like oh you're missing some
1: good times then Tori
0: listen even like going for like the most comfortable I am with or like knee bars and that's too much like I I play a deep half game so sometimes even going for like deep half and their other foot is like above me I'm like oh okay. I don't know what it is I am not a feet person either so yeah no 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 and I get offended when other people try to touch my feet so it's
1: maybe this was not the sport for me Just, clearly it is because you've been taking arms and taking names for like oh
0: god how long have, time it's been Jesus I think it's been my last tournament was like the one in summer before the pandemic so like two years ago Mm -hmm. and then i got my purple belt and then i did like one like team tournament but like yeah nothing since like august of 2019 which is insane yeah it's a long
1: time but i think it's been about the same for me too i did uh the las vegas open Mm in 2019 when it was world masters same same days and i don't think i've done a tournament since then
0: Mm -mm. and like they were here and i was like oh I know people are tired of hearing me complain about this. Like I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. But I was like 40 pounds heavier than I am now. I had, I had put on that pandemic weight and then some. And I had, I hadn't trained since like, I took like a six month break. Did you? How long of a break did you take during like the whole pandemic?
1: So, you could say that we didn't take a break, because. That's the benefit of having a partner who mm-hmm. also trains and he probably loves jujitsu more than i do he could do it every day for hours okay. he wants to travel and compete like he's that guy okay. me i'm like oh i just want to nap um,
0: roll every now but, and then
1: but be- <laughs> okay. for for him because we um we we both trained we did do the zoom classes consistently um because mm-hmm. we were doing like a lot of back control and we did a whole like lock series and that was for easily like four or five months because Colorado okay. is was pretty restrictive on when they could open gyms and whatnot more than oh, okay. like, Florida for example
0: um everyone's more then... restrictive than Florida <laughs> Everyone.
1: guys are going rogue over there it's, the,
0: it's like it's the south it's like the wild west we do not oh, yeah. care
1: yeah but well, we did Santa's... we did some of that and then we did uh like I said jiu-jitsu at the park we had a uh, like mm-hmm. at least four or five people that were just kind of like in our training pod that gotcha. we would train with in the park and it was, you know, the summer in Colorado, it's it's pretty it's pretty nice. Sometimes uh-huh. too hot, but um that we were able to kind of pull that off. But all we did was no gi. Like I came back to training, barely doing any any gee in 2018 and I was rusty Same. So but I mean it was so hot. I'm not putting on a gi and training outside in, like eighty degree weather. That's you not know, no, no. for me. <laughs> I
0: I put my gee back on and um you know, to me, that's how I can tell when I gain or lose weight is when it comes time to tie that belt and like how much, how close am I to that black bar? Because that is described. And the first day I got back, it's like, all right, let's try this. And like, I, like all right, I don't feel like I'm not putting pants on. I refuse to do it. So I had like some spats on. I was like, all right, I'll throw my jacket on. And I tell you, it was like my belt was like this. It was like, like this thing was barely. Pie. I was like oh I feel you daughter. girl I think
1: it's everybody like, went through that though yeah you, I mean there are some anomalies right people who just like dieted or didn't go out drinking yeah. or didn't do anything and they lost like a ton of weight mm-hmm. um and but more often than not we're all eating our feelings oh definitely so, definitely quarantine 15 or 20 or you know all those however
0: much came to you <laughs>
1: came
0: to be That was i think it was like eating and then going through the entire catalog of like hulu and netflix like just watching everything i got to the point now where i don't think i don't even go to netflix anymore because i feel like i'm done with it i finished i finished netflix i have seen everything on there i've seen more documentaries than i have ever thought possible about everything I, i i think i'm done
1: I'm good <laughs> well you're um, in for a treat when you return because there's a lot going on on there oh god they brought back America's Next Top Model a couple episodes they brought back uh, oh, they geez. have the Great British Baking Show all eight seasons okay highly right. recommend
0: look I was a person who like I love a good cooking show I was like I don't want to watch these British people no but, I don't want to watch them cook now I, I watched maybe like five minutes like so this is what we're doing today Okay, 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 because it's There's, good wholesome content and they're so supportive so much, of each other so much. Like, not, I need this. We, I have between that, my sister has discovered um, what's the show where they're in, I don't know, young attractive people in a the house they're dating.
1: I is it's it too no. hot
0: to handle? No, 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 not that one. It's not on quality trash TV. Oh, no, it's not that, it's not oh my God, it's going to drive me crazy, but like it's another dating show. And either mm. on both of them, they're like, wait, there's no manipulation. There's no side deals. There's no talking. Are they really supporting? Is what that even heck? a reality TV show then? I was honestly like shocked watching it. I was like, are Americans terrible? <laughs> Is that what I've learned during the pandemic? That were a little terrible? No, 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 no. If you watch RuPaul's
1: Drag Race UK, mm. like they are this is, a, this is a UK oh yeah oh yeah I learned about this from a friend when I visited Florida a couple weeks ago and I was like Did this not is know what that. I'm gonna do with my life now is watch RuPaul's Drag Race
0: that's a show I don't think I've watched since like I mean like early college, late high school and I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um I'm good. Again like I was like I've I've maxed out on how much I can watch. Cuz then at a certain point I was like look, I can't do this. I couldn't walk in heels. I still can't walk in heels. I'm like this just seems, they they're asking a lot of people in a very short amount of time. I'm like um it's the same reason why I can't watch um Queer Eye
1: oh yeah I feel like the division
0: it is but I feel like the division of labor is all kind of out of whack I feel like Bobby is the MVP who gets the least amount of credit he makes whole houses whole houses (laughs) like he he does everything you know what okay fine all right Caramo you're fine but he gives him a pep talk it's not fair Anywho. (laughs) We're just like going down a whole other. We thing. are going
1: down the rabbit hole. It's not really jujitsu. This, is-
0: no, this is no, no. Like, Listen, I'm gonna
1: need um, you to rein it back in.
0: That's why we have the- editing because this oh, is what I end up. Doing. Ten
1: out ten- Oh, love it, love it. Cool. Then we're in no pressure. We
0: can just make yeah, this up. we're happen. fine. We're fine. Okay, so you got into jujitsu. Boom, saw attractive guys, turned your head, saw them do some MMA. <laughs> I should we um, edit you- that out? It makes me
1: sound super vain. <laughs> <gay. laughs> it was not the case. Listen, I looked I, that way because of you that, just, but that's not just, what got me. Guys.
0: Hey, look, whatever got you on your path, you're on it now. Doesn't <laughs> matter. You're a happily married woman doing mm-hmm. this sport. Okay, so let's fast forward. You're in the sport. How would things start going for you? Like, were you like in love with jujitsu right away? Did you kind of like gradually like fall in love with it? Were you, um, how was like the overall experience being a newcomer into the sport
1: yeah so um i when i started training in tampa i had to have been like one of maybe five girls in the area that trained
0: okay so i
1: was in when we say predominantly male sport like that was 100 percent the truth and you know mm-hmm. i think jujitsu probably been only a few years out of the garage scene right um mm-hmm. like where it was starting to get um become Ramp up in popularity. Yeah. Um. So I definitely, I, I did fall in love with it, obviously, because I spent, you know, three hours a day training. ended And oh. getting a job at Gracie Tampa, as, in the front desk, like helping out with like sales and management and stuff like that. So clearly, I was drinking the Kool Aid because I was yeah. there all the time.
0: Gotcha. And easy to get wrapped up in it.
1: I think it. I think it is. And I, you know, I've. Talking since we're talking about like body image and that's like mm-hmm. the theme of this, this conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's get into I, um, it. I uh I.
1: have always. I've never been the a really heavy girl, but I've also never been like the really skinny girl. I've always mm-hmm. been this like in between, and I. And like these days, I like to call it sturdy, sturdy girl. <laughs> I like that. one. I'm, I'm gonna get sturdy. <laughs> sturdy. Um. And uh I. You know, I've always. I'm romanticized about being that like very thin feminine look you know mm-hmm. and being com- like feeling good about myself and being appealing to every guy so on and so forth mm-hmm. so like when I started training I by sheer nature of just doing jiu-jitsu right we lose weight especially yeah. when our bodies like we're shifting into high gear and we're doing mm-hmm. this high intensity thing like I started to like lose weight and that was a lot of my motivation for going to jiu-jitsu and it was fun it didn't feel like a workout and I mm-hmm. had so many friends right and I just um, I got wrapped up in that world, and you know it got to a point where it started to, not help me, not serve me in the way that it needed to, and that's when it started to go south, with um, my uh, healthy habits, with my psyche, with my relationship to my body and myself, and that's where it kind of went, you know, downhill.
0: Yeah. So when you, like, I think this is this is something that. Um, I like to bring up to the point because I'm a firm believer that nothing is like 100% going to be like the answer for you or beneficial. There's going to be pros and cons for everything. And jujitsu is one of those sports where we do get a lot of um, people who like, jujitsu absolutely saved my life. And it's brought so many positivities to me. But it is also a competitive sport. It's one that we literally are pitting our bodies against other people's bodies. I feel like whenever you have something of that sort, there is it can turn negative. We can't obsess about it, and it, like you said, it can lead to unhealthy habits and behaviors. And one of the things we talked about in like one of our you know thousand other interviews that we did together is that it did getting into jujitsu and getting into the sport caused you to develop unhappy, um, unhappy, you know, yeah, unhealthy yeah. habits with um, eating. And yeah, um, yeah you want to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I can take. Like my husband for example um gus he's a he's a brown belt as well and he he has such an affinity for jiu-jitsu and he looks at it and he just wants to train all the time he loves it he loves meeting people he loves to travel for it like he watches videos, he's insufferable almost in his, like, affinity sometimes for <laughs> jiu and I, to a degree, have that, and I don't want to discredit everything that uh, jiu given me, you know, he's mm-hmm. given me him, my husband, mm-hmm. I have some amazing friends, like, uh, Olivia, and you, and just, like, uh, the community that I have Support is fantastic, mm-hmm. I have, the most incredible mentors, uh Buyu, which uh some people a lot of people know in Florida, mm-hmm. Tom who is here in Colorado, Elliot and Ian, who are my professors, and Chris as well. I can't forget about them. they he'll yell at me if he listens to this and doesn't I don't give him a shout out. Um who've like involved like given me such an opportunity for growth and mm-hmm. I am able to travel, I'm athletic, like I feel strong and I can and I'm empowered, you know, it, all these things that Jiu Jitsu does give you, but there is a reality to like my relationship with training and I developed an eating disorder from cutting weight, from wanting to be healthy, like super skinny and super fit and be like a fighter and, you know, making weight. And it, it I got, I developed anorexia and bulimia. I became a binge eater as well, by proxy, and I became a compulsive overexerciser. So, you know, I was probably, you know, really close to getting my blue belt. I think it was like October, November, and then in December I got my blue belt. And I um, had this this motivation to make 125 just I, I don't have to say numbers if you prefer I didn't It's up to you some people don't that's like fine. me to talk about numbers that's fine and um so like I got like I was so gun ho and getting to that number especially before my grandparents came to um come to came to America from England they hadn't seen me in a couple years and I wanted to like show like look
0: I'm oh yeah you're me. English
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm English that's like almost another life at this point but <laughs> Um, she, you know, I, and so I, I got to this number, but the reality is that I basically starved myself to get to that number, mm-hmm. and I got suddenly, got I suddenly believed that, like, starving myself was going to be the way to go, and training myself was going to be the way to get to, like, the weights I wanted to be at, paired with, like, competition, where I wanted mm-hmm. to be in a lightweight division, and uh, all these things, and then with all that, I kept getting reinforced about how fantastic I look, like getting those compliments, like mm-hmm. getting noticed by guys. At this time, I didn't know Gus, so like I was like getting these reinforced comments, fueling like that behavior. Yeah. And I made that weight, but I didn't, um, I, I I didn't realize what was happening to me until I tried to eat normal again. And when I started to try and eat normal again, I started to feel this like overwhelming guilt about eating a cookie or eating some fudge or eating you know at, at, at evolutions in my recovery I've gotten felt bad about eating chicken you know protein eating chicken with salt on it was it got really extreme mm-hmm. and it just you know I wanted to, and in that same time my life kind of went up into a big crux when I got my eating disorder and like everything felt to ground after that very quickly but in that Mm -hmm. same time frame i was also in a very toxic relationship and i was punishing myself by purging and training too much and starving myself so it it became a really bad cycle for me where i was just uh, punishing myself feeling guilty lying to my family lying Mm -hmm. to the person that i was with at the time Pushing my friends away, it was just I was just so obsessed and so focused. Like all my energy was on this like eating disorder behavior that I just didn't live my life for. Right? Mm-hmm. I swear, like a couple of years until I went into recovery.
0: So, okay, okay. There's a couple things in there. Um, the reason I wanted yeah, it was to... a long form answer. No, no, no. No. I, no, I'm glad you shared it. One of the things is I wanted you to say numbers because um, I think that's a huge issue. Is we there's a certain number, and I'm 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 definitely been guilty of it we feel that like once we hit this number it fixes everything it or it's quantifies like our worth
1: our number is yes. attached. so if I'm on the scale yeah according,
0: according like if to I get word. under here I am going to feel fantastic and I think what we don't take into account is how desperate we are to get to that number and the things we are willing to do to get to that number I mm-hmm. I, I don't know me and my sister joke about this it's, a, it's like a common thing with like um black families in trauma you you laugh when it's really not funny but um like I was I want to say a couple of years back when I had a terrible breakup and I was losing weight and I was like I'm gonna lose weight before I go back for my graduation I'm gonna look fantastic and I remember we'd weigh in every every Saturday or every Friday morning and like the day before like I would not eat anything I wouldn't drink any water but I'd also go out on a run in like a full sweatsuit and <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, like, that's not real weight loss. That's that's insane. Like, and, we, and did this for I did this for months, just trying to get to this certain number. And then I felt accomplished when I looked at it. And then I stepped off and I was like, okay, now what? Like, yeah. you know, no one else knows. But yeah,
1: somewhere along the way, and I mean, let's be serious here. The yeah. the eating disorder behaviors are just a byproduct of something deeper had going yeah. on, right? And you know, in my recovery and this long of like doing work. I've kind of resolved that my the root of my eating disorder is around like worry, the fear of not being loved and not being mm-hmm. worthy. And you look at a number on a scale and you just think, right, if I hit that number, I'm going to have everything I want. I'm going to be desired, I'm going to be loved. I'm going to love myself. Mm -hmm. You know, all these things, like if I get to that number and then you just focus all of your energy on like trying to get there, whether it's healthy or not. Mm -hmm. And for me, it wasn't, it Mm -hmm. wasn't healthy. And I don't even know how much I weigh right now. I don't Mm -hmm. weigh myself anymore. And that's probably why I don't compete really anymore because it just takes me back to this place that I'm not a good person. I'm a right asshole when I, when I'm cutting weight or trying to make weight and (laughs) Gus is like, I don't like you when you're doing this. And I'm like, okay, like <laughs> well, guess I'm not going to do it. So
0: yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's part of that is like you say, you're losing your weight. I think at least for me, it gets tied back to that, um, that positive reinforcement. When I have a number, then I can tell people how much I lost. Like, oh, I've lost, you know, I've lost like 50 pounds. And they're like, oh my God, you lost 50 pounds. Like, Yeah, but I lost 50 pounds in the span of like two months. Mm-hmm. maybe not the best way to go about it
1: yeah, I feel it. like that's a lot of, like a yeah oh drop, you know
0: I've lost <laughs> upwards of like 60 to 80 pounds like four times in my life and it's sometimes it's been gra- yeah sometimes it's been gradual and sometimes it's been like you like I said from that little spam I left from college I lost about 60 60 65 pounds maybe even more than that between February and May yeah, I lost, I dropped a lot of weight. I, was, I went from my heaviest to my smallest mm-hmm. in that span. And again, like you said, it was a deeper root. It came from coming out of a toxic relationship. And then even toxic relationships, there's that loss that you have. So you're trying to cope with all that at once. And you find one particular area that you can control, eating, exercise. I was an over-exerciser too. Mm-hmm. just you know what I'm just gonna go <laughs> it's not funny I'm gonna bust this run out and go do two miles in a sweatsuit in a sweat like uh, the, the the cutting the cutting yeah. suit with you know long sleeves in summer in Florida that sounds like a great idea no that's dumb but nothing in my brain would have told me anything different mm-hmm. and um again a lot of that thing a lot of it had to do with as I was losing weights, as I was losing weight I was getting so much positive reinforcement from people kind of like confirming one of my biggest fears is that like my worth was tied to my size and how I looked and as I got smaller I got more attention
1: yeah and like
0: on the one hand that's great but on the other hand it was kind of devastating because I was like why were I why wasn't I getting attention yeah because like, when people do fear. that you're like
1: so this is how I have to live in order yeah. to get the love I want and you're like right I have to and that's it. That's what, that's what fuels an eating disorder. And people think that complimenting the weight is, is helpful. And like, though they come from good intentions, Mm -hmm. they reinforce, like, you don't know what they're doing. That person that you're complimenting, what they're doing to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't know that they're training three hours a day and ingesting less than a thousand calories. Right. You don't, they don't know what, what's happening behind the scenes and you might be reinforcing something that can possibly kill them Mm -hmm. in an extreme circumstance, of course. Yeah.
0: And and of course Um, we're not saying don't get healthy. We're not saying yes. that, you know, There, there's definitely, definitely, we're not saying there's there's definitely benefits of losing weight. There's definitely reasons to lose weight. There's healthy ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think we, as a society, as a culture, especially in something like jujitsu, where it is a weight-based sport, we have to be careful with how we compliment and how we, I won't say shame, but like the words we say when people are gaining weight. Because I think that's a whole other span, like, ooh, getting yeah. a little... A oh, thick there. You feeling a little heavier than normal. Like those kind of things, especially mm-hmm. I feel like for women. Not that men don't have eating disorders. We know they do. Wrestlers, <laughs> we like know. I put that
1: disclaimer in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> they do. Yes, we're not. They
0: do. That, but. but women have a lot more attention focused. Um, that that tie between their self worth and body. I feel like more so than men. And um, you know, for some reason, people feel like they have a lot more agency to um like freedom to comment on women's body on a level that i will never understand they feel like it's perfectly okay to tell someone that like oh you're picking up a like oh you've lost it's weird okay like, thank you like, it, yes
1: and <laughs> i think that um not to like shift gears but i think when you it is important as a female to have a, a coach and a mentor and a climate that you train in that mm-hmm. doesn't inf- like support that vanity that you know where you got you're talking about right now that like you're going to get compliments for losing weight you're going to get compliments for i um, looking better you know all these things like I and I and I think that's part of the reason why I'm still training is because I changed my environment mm-hmm. and I went to a place that I could just be without judgment and it um it made it it made me keep coming back mm-hmm. you know yeah and i mean i've i've done that i've been at so many different schools since uh <laughs> since i started jiu jitsu and not by choice right um yeah life a lot happens of it was- life happens. Um getting my my purple belt from um Iber City Jiu Jitsu Club from Joey okay. and Chris who are fantastic people. Um getting my brown belt from Buyu at mm-hmm. Castle Grace, in Miami <laughs> and hopefully in a black belt whenever that happens <laughs> um, from uh uh the eastern family as well mm-hmm. and hopefully with Buu being there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna keep keep cracking on until it happens. Um but okay. I think each environment has something different to give Mm -hmm. to me, but they all have supported me in one way or another that's kept me training.
0: Yeah, that goes back to, that's a whole other issue of, um, I feel like it's nice when you have one training place that you've, like I've always been with Brian at Grappling Master. That's Mm -hmm. been my gym from the beginning. But, and and me and Brian have talked about this too. And he's, he's told other people this, if you feel like you're missing something from your environment or it's not the right environment for you, please just leave. I mean, we get really—we it makes sense because you're you're doing jujitsu, which can be very intense. You're getting you physically and emotionally get very close to people. You know, you see people cry on the mats. People put it all, like put everything into training, and so we get we get bonded with these people. But at the same time, that can be negative. That could be a negative bond too. But I think people are so so closely tied to this idea of loyalty, and I want to stick to my coach and my training from day one. And da da da. No, you can leave you can go yeah. and find a better environment and sometimes environments change like it may have been great when you started and you know over time it shifted to something a little not so great mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the I think that's something that feeds all of this is sometimes we get um we get so tied down and like oh well you know these are my people I can't leave my people
1: mm-hmm.
0: and because like a no, sense of the loyalty mm-hmm. yeah it keeps a lot yeah, of people tol- in toxic places
1: I totally agree and I think that's a really valid comment to make like you should go where the environment makes the most sense for you. If you have a Mm -hmm. competitive nature, perhaps like a competitive school is where you want to be. If you have a family, you want to go a place where it's good for kids and good for adults. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, for me, I needed an emotionally available coach because I am a, unfortunately a very emotional person and I need (laughs) that. (laughs) Maybe it's not a bad thing, but it is. No, it's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) You know, and I, and I look to my professors for support because Mm -hmm. they have been where I've been and they've had the frustrations with training that I've had. And Mm -hmm. um, granted, my my scenario is a little bit more complex. So I need someone who will just listen and not necessarily Mm -hmm. judge or try to understand. And, you know, back when I first started training, black belts were a little less common. Yeah. The you would almost look at a black belt and think they were like a god, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're a brand new female white belt, yeah, you don't have anything to look up to except this person, you kind of put them on a pedestal. And it was valid then, and it's still valid now. As a black belt, you have a duty to be a good person, to Mm -hmm. not manipulate your students, to Mm -hmm. be just there to support them, and you know, be a mentor you have a black belt you've done the work like you just need to now now people are going to look up to you and and seek you out for advice and for companionship and for mentorship and i think people forget that they get so wrapped up and they and and i'm not going to say like every black belt's a bad person that's not true at all but i know no. that there are people out there that take advantage and
0: absolutely as a black
1: belt your responsibility is to be there for the people below you who look up to you
0: you know it's funny because like i think st- maybe like halfway through the pandemic, I, I put a post up like this is like, when I entered into the sport, I was so naive thinking that like people who did jujitsu were inherently good people, you know? You know, they, they talk, when you, cause come on, when you first get here, they give you the spiel of like how jujitsu is so great and you, mm-hmm. and all the positives and all that. And then slowly I realized like,
1: it's a weirdo you know,
0: subculture. It is, it, it, but like, <laughs> the other stands, like it is just like every other aspect in the world. Like you have a group of people who are coming together to do something. And whenever you have groups of people, good and bad people are going to be a part of that group.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: like, to think that one, like that jujitsu is exempt from having bad people and having, you know, manipulators or having that, like that's insane to think. Cause it's like, <laughs> you no, know, we like to think it weeds people out, but you know, bad people can be great at jujitsu.
1: Yeah, I mean and, we could just talk about the uh Gordon Ryan Garvel face that this I one of them's at fault. I don't know which one. I didn't pay listen, enough attention. <laughs> uh,
0: that's my one thing is I don't watch very much. Um I, I watch basically no like the pro like no-gi jiu-jitsu. I don't really watch it, but I don't watch a lot of live jiu-jitsu. I don't watch a lot of jujitsu in, in general. Same except,
1: I just not in that into it.
0: It's a participatory sport for me. It's not a sport that I want to watch because like especially high level. But it's like, uh, I get like, some people love it. It's not for me, but mm-hmm. the thing that kills me is like, are you two grown men in a sport that you can literally fight each other about to fight online or fight in a hallway? Like, what are you doing? You know, you're not gonna this fight.
1: stage right over there.
0: Yeah, like, like you can you, you literally get paid to do like, this is your job. So just do it, squat. I don't I don't get it. So I can't feed into that. Um, I don't get it, man. J- jiu-jitsu <laughs> beefs are the lamest things in the world to me. Because like at the end of the day, like jiu-jitsu is great. I'm not like, I am a jiu-jitsu person. But at the end of the day, it's, like a, it's a sport within the subcategory of fighting. But it's a type of fighting that excludes a lot of things. So when people get really tough and like, man, I'll kick your ass. And da, da, da. I was like, yeah, I'll kick your ass. Which within a particular rule set anything outside of that I could not kick it like that's is that not weird like I just don't like the ego that, that I They can just do,
1: I combat don't g- do some face
0: slaps since again be, like, like you, you can doing. do that do just like you can settle this like you yes. literally have a venue to settle this but you're choosing to and you know it's a financial decision too you know people like to get into the beefs and they like all that I don't that's part of the reason why I don't do any of that and plus Anytime I try like, oh, who's this person? And I go to their their social media and I do like four scrolls down their posts like, oh shit, they're these kind of, yeah, yeah, no, I don't need to know anything else about them because it will ruin, <laughs> same thing, like I'm a, huge M- I'm a huge MMA fan and I can't dive too deep into the personal lives of some of these, like really follow them because I'm like, oh, shit, you're one of those. Okay, never mind. The only thing that I do is like any of the I watch for any of the people who are like like outwardly racist and homophobic, and then like outwardly have issues with like um sexual violence or domestic violence. Any of those people, I just sent like I have whole UFC cards I've wanted to watch. Like, oh, he's in the he's in the oh, I'll watch a clip later. I will not be I'm not ordering this fight, mm-hmm. but um yeah, they're just. Man, people are so lame. Like they, they try to be so cool, and it's dude, you're arguing in spandex, bro. Sit down, calm, calm yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think it—that uh, and, I, and it, if this true for like those like jujitsu celebrities, right? They are mm-hmm. human beings with four limbs and a head. They bleed like we do. They break like we do. Like there's—and they have flaws like we do. And uh, putting people on a pedestal is not conducive. For
0: anybody like uh, a lot of them are like and they're like we think they're older but a lot of them are like in their early to mid-20s mm-hmm. where you're prone to be like
1: a possibly dick. the I worst a or, yeah mid-20s yeah, like, was...
0: you're not a good person during this time it's like you're it's like you're a teenager only now you can legally drink and curse and no one can really say anything about you so like you're not a great person there i'm sorry men i'm just gonna throw it out there like that's not that's not the highlight of your life like you are not great people during that time so you have all of this fame all of this well I'm not gonna say all this money because come on jujitsu we have all this fame you have some money but you have a lot of notoriety Someone someone sticks a camera in your face like yeah this isn't gonna be a good situation I don't want to watch that but and I um, think
1: that if you wanted to tie it back to um eat the eating disorder stuff like I definitely just did not present the best version of myself when I was like deep in my eating disorder and to be frank like I don't think I really like out of it until i was 25 so Mm -hmm. really it took like four or five years before i started to be a better version of myself Mm -hmm. and that was you know it took a lot of work that's a lot of um a therapy a lot of meditation a lot of working with a nutritionist Mm -hmm. uh i worked with the 12 steps as well Um, i did a lot of things to, to to become a better version for people to be around and Mm -hmm. I think I and I what I did notice is that people still wanted to be around me even though I wasn't 125 Mm -hmm. um, and still wanted to be be in my company Mm -hmm. and I learned very quickly that the story that I thought was happening is really just being crafted by me and the work that is really going on needs to be done internally and that's really just been the result of the last four four years of my recovery is trying to not to sound cheesy, but like love myself. How we're here for the cheese. It, <laughs> we're here for it, the cheese. And I'm not.
0: Go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. No, no, no. Go
1: ahead. No, and I'm. I mean, I. I, I want to call out to people. Like I'm. I'm nine years into this, so my recovery equals my jiu-jitsu journey, and I have taken time off from training. I mean, even in 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 COVID, I, I was in this space like, am I training? Am I not training? And being in this weird gray space where like I felt guilt to have to train because i wanted to lose weight i wanted Mm -hmm. to and i wanted to keep up with everybody else because i i noticed very quickly that people who were a lower rank than me were promoting the black belt at this point Mm -hmm. and i was like i can't fall behind like just motivations that just were not yep i just find the joy in jujitsu let me train and i was like and i was in this really weird place where i was like no i didn't want to train but i forced myself to Mm and i was trying to diet, and I was—I I mean, I'm nine years into this, and I was fucking trying to to, to cut weight for what? There was no evidence yeah. to cut for, and I uh, I was almost gonna like just kind of quit back in uh, the fall of last year. Um, mm-hmm. But thankfully, I have a good support system. I have a, a nutritionist and a, uh, a a therapist that are fantastic, <clears throat> and I managed to like do some work with her, and I mm-hmm. said, right, I'm gonna go and train twice a week for a month I'm just gonna go whether I want to go or not and find mm-hmm. the joy I changed my location where I was training because Easton has multiple stations. Mm-hmm. I changed like I went to a place where nobody knew me except my coach and like uh, I just went and I got the joy back and I may not be the skinniest I've been I'm actually probably on the heavier side because I've been doing the other byproduct of joy of any disorder is the hormone issues you get and the weight problems. Mm. Um, super exciting. Um, <laughs> and, I, but I am, I feel super strong and I'm rolling mm-hmm. like a monster. Um, awesome. I feel like I'm e- evolving my brown belt in the direction I want it to go rather than like just not training and losing everything. So my point I'm about cool. that long form answer is that I'm, the work is continuous all the mm-hmm. time and I have to, take time off from social media in January so that I cannot see diet culture. I have to make sure my mom doesn't talk about her diet to me on the phone when I call her and just like protect myself so I can make sure I don't take five steps back in the work that I've done over the course of the past almost decade.
0: Hey, we are all for creating boundaries. Um, (laughs) More people need to make them. Um, (laughs) What is, you said something that I was, I wanted to say, think about, crap, it floated away. New Notepad. Yeah, I do. Like, I, it'll come to me later, and I'll edit this pause part out. But it's um, <laughs> so good. We'll pause for a moment, so, hmm.
1: and then restart it. Okay.
0: No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember it after I hang up. because like, damn it, that's what I wanted to ask you. About. Um, but no, it, it's, it's. I'm glad you said that it is a continuous thing because, um, like you said, a lot of us think once, similar to like when we lose weight, we think it's going to um, solve everything. I think we feel like once we get a therapist or get a nutritionist, or once we get we get someone to help us, and we learn kind of the root of everything, it's like okay, now I'm it's done. We're good. And like no, 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 you no, know, you didn't get this way overnight, so it's not going to be fixed overnight. It's, mm-hmm. it's everything is a continuous process. And oh, I remembered. Um, I'm glad what you said about like how you um, you're developing into your black belt, and now you feel like you're rolling like a beast. Black I think belt, what, brown belt, brown belt. Brown belt. My bad. My bad. My yeah. bad. Oh my god! Don't please everyone. Don't don't kill me. But you're developing into your brown belt and you're rolling a little bit differently you learn a bit stronger I think that's something that we need to realize too that what our game is in the beginning it's very rare that's going to be our game in the end mm-hmm. like we're going to develop throughout it and as your body shifts your your style may shift too and that's okay mm-hmm. so like maybe you started out and you were pulling guard and you were throwing fly and stuff and all that maybe pick cup like mm, my leg's not gonna go that high and that's <laughs> developed that made you start you know working on your shots more and that might be a whole other element to it so I think there is benefits to like gaining and losing weight throughout this sport opens up so many other options mm-hmm. of the type of jiu that you can focus on
1: yeah I used to believe that like inverting and like barambola would have been my game and- overrated mostly didn't want to do that because my neck has problems Oof. um so I don't like to invert that much anymore but I love spider charlasso lasso la hiva like mm-hmm. all of the, that series and I bounce between those and those have gone better as I've gone stronger because my legs are stronger mm-hmm. um my leg well game is is super proficient now and I think I can like I think I have better control because I have stronger legs now mm-hmm. so there's some benefits to, like being a little bit thick I think mm-hmm. um But I mean, I'm I'm not, it's not peaches and cream, right? I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, fuck,
0: shitty.
1: (laughs) I'm a little bit skinny right now. A lot of the time now I've taught myself to not, to look at the mirror and be like, ah, and then walk away instead of saying- Like, we're not going to linger here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Everything's there and bye. I was like, do I
1: have all all my clothes on before I go outside? Great. Let's go. (laughs) Joy. Did I cover my black eye enough? Which I do have a black eye. I'm glad you guys can't
0: tell. Oh my goodness. Okay, you're good where did that come from
1: i got this is what happens when you play leg books and you go hard on the paint you get a heel to the face
0: (laughs) see again this goes back to my theory though don't do leg locks (laughs) it benefits no one but okay it does it is oh my god you
1: got a heel to the face oh my god i mean the hazard of the sport right
0: you have someone's foot the like the 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 boot of their foot is in your eye. Oh to think about that. it was my
1: eyebrow right here, oh actually. It grazed God. it. But I feel like I have bangs and makeup and there you on go. right now. And this filter on my face. So you can't really tell that it's there. So you
0: planned you planned. You had you had a you had a, a plan set for like they're never gonna know until I reveal it. Um, okay. You know what's funny when I got into the sport, I thought I was convinced I was gonna be like a double leg person. Um I was like, I'm going to be, because I came double through. Just like takedowns? Yep, because I loved I loved wrestling. So I was like, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to be a blast double person. Keep in mind, I mean, tall people could absolutely shoot, but like, keep in mind, I'm 6'1", and the average height in my division is like 5'7". Yeah. So like, for me to drop that far to get this, like, ah, maybe this isn't for me. And I stubbornly did it for like two straight years until my coach was like, you know, single legs are probably easier. Or, you know, just just- tosses and I worked so hard to do these double legs and then literally like two months into doing singles and tosses it was like damn I wasted some time huh okay I maybe just, that was not I meant for me guard these days. <laughs> no
1: not proud of it I do like wrestling but I also have a fear of it because of my neck and mm. That some make, PTSD yeah. from breaking my tailbone when I was white belt. So Wait, I, what? You broke your tailbone? I don't know. Stupid white belt shit. Oh no. My... No. That's not I funny. Was it's... Judo instead. Okay. That's also
0: painful. See, I was oddly like anti-judo for so long and I don't Judo's know why. is a good
1: time though. It's just I... painful. You're throwing
0: <laughs> the earth at you, literally. It's... So. And then I would like look at a judo class and like, so y'all just throw each other over and over again, and I fall very weird. Like, I'm that person where you know how, like, on reflex, you you like you tense up or you like stop. Mm-hmm. In the six and a half years of me doing jujitsu, that has not changed. When we're drilling like takedowns and someone goes to like throw me, my instinct is to bear all my weight to the ground. I'm like, no, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I did not mean to do it. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, go. And as I fall, it's like, oh, it's, I'm not a good, I'm not a good partner. My for old
1: my old coach, um, that uh, he always used to tell us to close our eyes, so that we don't brace for the floor. We don't know when the floor is coming, and it helps you bounce easier. It did work. It's an idea. Oh
0: my God. The way my anxiety set up, that might be the worst thing that I could do. Oh God. No. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, no. It's it again, like it just goes to my thing. Just never. <laughs> I feel bad because like we have certain white belts that come in. They don't know my brand of humor. Um, so when they're like, oh well, how do we how do I do It's Like, you just don't get taken down. They're like obviously they're like, how do we- no no no. I was like, oh, no no I'm just saying no? I'm just, no, you're gonna fall eventually. It's fine. They're like, oh yeah, I'm having really like what's your favorite guard? It's like, who goes in guard? You're only in guard if you mess up. And I just like walk away and like Tori, don't tell them, oh no, I'm sorry, guard is great. Yay, lots of people love guard. It's it's perfectly is <laughs> wonderful. It's trash. Do it. <laughs> but you know that's like super heavyweight Tory talking that like it's never great to have anyone close to my size and like on you in your guard because like <sighs> all right here we go let's <sighs> yeah and i can
1: feel i can feel for both sides of the fold right like mm-hmm. i i my one of my coach joey or professor joey at Ebor uh, city always used to make the bigger guys play guard for the majority of their first year because a larger person can pass the guard probably pretty easily in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things but the work needs to be done from the bottom right from mm-hmm. the guard player and i think um i think it was a really smart approach and i yeah. feel for both sides right like just like moving around when you're a larger person or being a small person and having to fight people who are stronger than you like i mm-hmm. can it can feel for both sides. And I think that's where it's fascinating to see people evolve into their game depending on their size. Um, and what the fixes that they find, um, to, to solve for their problems. Right. And that's the coolest thing about it. It's like never the same for anybody similarly to a diet, right. Or size, like there's no one size fits all. Um, I mean, even I, I I have some things that I've been teaching a, a training partner at Easton. Um, things that have helped me like get uh, get things accomplished and they mm-hmm. might look like a little dirty tricks but like you know when you're in north <laughs> south it's and not you have cheating kimura, but it's not it's not cheating but like if i'm in north south with a kimura grip and mm-hmm. they're holding on the strong person's holding on really tight to that arm i drop my elbow in the rib cage and then they usually let go and i can take <laughs> it's in like Mario's Berry stuff it's like proper proper dirty tricks but it's top-notch if you need to get the get the job done so like things like that like I figured out <laughs> yeah because I'm I'm a small I'm a, I guess from a grand scheme of things I am a small person mm-hmm. um compared to like a dude but yeah. I also like I can also I like I think that's a the one good thing about being sturdy is that I can roll with small girls and I can roll with big girls too and I can hang with both mm-hmm. um and I can also beat up skinny white belt dudes too. There you go. So, and sometimes that's, my lucky big white belt dudes. There you
0: go. That's um. So that's, I'm to say right after I hit purple, that's basically what Brian had me doing is I started on bottom every time. Mm-hmm. Unless it's someone in a higher belt than me, we can start from like a neutral or unless we're working from standing. But if we're just mm-hmm. doing like rolling or starting from the ground, like I would always start in the bottom. And then that's how I developed, that's how I realized I like the path um, because like why else would I ever be there? there's no reason mm-hmm. and especially deep half specifically for me because like between my length and then like the sheer size of my thighs to just,
1: your strength too oh
0: yeah like I don't even have to be good at deep half but like just me trying to physically put my body under theirs nine times out to of I hate right? deep half yeah. guard oh. I ain't hanging out there <laughs> the only time it's really bad like I refuse to do it is like in nogi with like some of the bigger sweatier guys like I just don't want their junk kind of like sitting on the side of my neck can think like, about that stuff. I have, can't help but to think about it because, like, again, we're in Florida. We have we have some sturdy dudes here, and they just they're so sweaty. So it's like sturdy. all of a sudden, love it. They're in and, and they're and they're sweaty. So it's like all of a sudden, it's like fine, fine, fine. Here, swap. I'm like, no nope, we're not gonna do this this time. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna smooth this over real quick. um But you know, I love my training partners. So they're fine. No, um,
1: oh, I get it. I mean, dudes need to wear
0: something under their, their gi their uh shorts. Well, that's why I tell them. It's like, you know what? That's why I, I <laughs> I've started just like, um we we finally got a weight room in our gym. So like, half the time I'm just working out in like my shorts and a sports bra because like I don't care anymore. It it took me a while to get here, but I don't care if my stomach shows. I don't care if my thigh shows. Most of my training shorts are like this big because they're more comfortable. But um. It's funny because some of the younger guys, you know, they're like 18, they're like, Tori, why are you They're out. I was like, if I have to look at your bare, sweaty chest during gi because you don't want to wear a rash guard, you are perfectly fine sending me in a sports bra. You're good. Let's just, let's just, we're fine here.
1: See, I'm the opposite when it comes to no gi. I, uh, I, re- I like to be like covered, kind of mm-hmm. like, I like a long sleeve rash guard and I like spats because I just, one, don't like to be super slippery. Mm-hmm. And I, which is odd right you'd rather be slippery and then i just don't like to expose more of my skin to staff.
0: that's true that's just me <laughs> i i completely switched from when i started when i started i always wore spats. i was like spats and long or spats and short sleeves but now i am i almost never wear spats all my spats are only used for like muay thai i wear shorts and not just like Again, i'm all legs so like i don't wear just like shorts i wear short shorts they come halfway through my leg I, they're more they they're always more comfortable but i do um i do wear long sleeves um do which you, creates um,
1: do you I've, find do you do you find that your body image because of your change in perception of body image has changed like that's that kind of came within, oh
0: absolutely absolutely i think um, if you look on my my, my facebook page for like tori the grappler my pinned post is like me training and doing Muay Thai and shorts. Mm-hmm. And I put it up there because like, I want to say right at the beginning of making the Mighty Dames, I started wearing shorts again. And before that, I hadn't worn shorts in like a decade. I did not wear shorts. And we're talking yeah. like summer, Florida, I'm walking out in jeans. Like mm-hmm. I did not like to show my legs. And and during this time, like we were talking, I was much smaller than I am now, but I did not like sharing my legs. That's fair. I... It just it felt very i felt very exposed and one day there was this pair of jean shorts and i was like i'm just gonna wear them and i just put them on like okay we're gonna go to the store in some shorts above my knee everyone prepared for like i was like prepping myself prepared, yeah up. you
1: probably crafted this whole story that people are gonna comment and like stare at you and i get that no. nobody gave any fucks about it
0: and if anything it turned into the complete opposite it was more like oh twitter Again, you're getting that positive reinforcement was one of those things that I was so convinced that people were going to be disgusted by my body because it's so it's it's large and it's like I'm talking like I'm very tall. I have very long arms, I have very long legs, a very short torso. I'm I'm oddly proportioned, but it works too. So um I just thought like if I go out in shorts, this is gonna look this this is not gonna be a good look. So I got comfortable wearing shorts out in public and then training I always wore spats and then a pair of shorts on top of it because My weight, all, most of my weight settles at my thighs, hips, and ass. So I was like, okay, well, the spats are going to be too tight. So I need to put some looser shorts on top of it to kind of like hide it a little bit. And then I found these really cute pair of shorts that um, came like mid-thigh. And I just, I thought they were so cool and I wanted to wear them. So I wore them to training one day. And like, besides having to like pick them, you know, pull them down a couple of times, it was, it was was fine it was just it was so much more comfortable because on top of that I used to I used to layer too so I wear like a singlet then I put my shorts on I mean then I put my spats on then I put my shorts on so I have three layers of clothes on which is just it was heavy it was just hot Mm -hmm. and then um yeah eventually I was like I'm just gonna go I just maybe in the last even with COVID like in the last year or so I stopped wearing my spats under my shorts when i would go like no nogi because even then i used to do that because i was so afraid of, oh what if my pants fall down like my underwear show a little bit or what if they slide too far up and like an nice ass cheek pops out like, i was really 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 um self-conscious about that and then i just I, it literally for some people it's a gradual thing with me it was literally like one day i was like i don't give a fuck
1: <laughs> like yeah still, what I'm are they gonna say that, what are i'm still in that gradual phase i do not like wearing shorts when i train
0: it literally hit me. I was like, "What are they going to say to me?" It is not. I am not being indecent. I'm not. I'm not out here training a thong or anything. Like it's not like I'm out there. It's like, okay, shorts right up sometimes. Okay, that's about it. Like that is. An, mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from. It just clicked. Like where you, you're allowed to wear whatever you want as long mm-hmm. as you're not like being super inappropriate. Considering there's kids that'll be in your training area. And once that clicked. I honestly cannot. I think like la- Yesterday was the last time I wore spats, and before that to kickboxing, and before that I couldn't. I only mm-hmm. wear them for like working out. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I'm, I'm I I. That's what I'm glad you talked about how like it's a gradual process, and um. I thought like once I started the Mighty Dames. It was going to solve everything. I was like, oh, yes, we're gonna be talking about positive body image and you know self-confidence and um body confidence and belief and you know your self-worth. No, like I I struggle with it still, it's still yeah. a we it's a, it's a weird thing. And then once I became a voice in this space, I felt like I had to project this image of always being okay with my body because I had mm-hmm. other people watching me.
1: Yeah, because you have like impulsive syndrome, like you have to present yeah. like the best version of yourself put together and Mm -hmm. and that's probably why I haven't been more vocal about this sort of stuff similarly to you which is why I admire you so much for like bringing this bringing this to the forefront because I I just like right if I'm gonna tell people about my my experience and I have to have my shit together and Mm -hmm. I am still still trying to get my shit together I still have like a practice where I have to like course correct my mind so I Mm -hmm. don't go down a spiral and like shit like that I don't wear shorts when I train because I'm scared of like the way my legs look so I mean Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. It's definitely a gradual
0: process. And the other thing is, like I found that, how you said, I felt like I had to be together. I had to be, you know, Tory, the founder, the head of my dance. I had to have. I had to be so solid in how I perceive myself in body confidence, in body image. And then what I learned is, people don't want this idea of perfection. They want they want a reality because, like you said, it goes and ebbs and flows. It's not going to be consistently good because you hit a certain point in your life. So I started sharing my bad days as well um, because I, I felt like I was I was lying to the group because I kept saying, oh, I feel great and did that, And I was like, actually, I have to take a month away from everything. I can't be on social media. I can't do this. I feel really bad about myself. I'm struggling with mm-hmm. my appearance, especially when the pandemic hit. And I got, I was depressed for a while and I, again, we were eating our feelings. I picked up so much weight and then I hadn't been in front of a camera and then I got back in the camera and I could see the difference in my face. And I was sitting there thinking like, okay, instead of pretending that all is good, let me tell people that, hey, I gotta ha- take a little social media break. I gotta do a self-check. I need to get myself mm-hmm. right. That way other people know that like, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, it's weird how, the position I am in because like, I like to show that like, even me, not even that sounds weird to say, but like, I have to take breaks. I can't be a, um, I can't be an example all the time. I can't be like, even though I am pretty optimistic most of the time, but I can't do it, I can't be on yeah. all the time and people should take breaks. So I realized like when I shared with people like, hey, I'm kind of struggling right now. I think I'm gonna take a pause. I got more, I got more feedback on that then a lot of my things about like oh yeah look at my thighs throwing them out there it was yeah. more people like oh my god i'm glad you said that because it's been a, it's been a journey over here for me too it's like i think
1: okay. uh, the, the authenticity is important mm-hmm. and, and it actually has to be trained into mm-hmm. people because people are alarmed or surprised by it a lot of the time I, I just taking an example i uh back before the before the pandemic i think uh easton does these crazy months where it's competition training like every mm-hmm. night and uh you yeah. <laughs> You know when you're in a training you're training for a competition and like there's a time when you just go into a dark place like you're just like fuck all this i'm hungry i'm tired mm-hmm. i ache i don't want to train like all these things and i had i was in a locker room with some of my training partners and there was this girl who um is uh she's super talented purple belt, and she uh was in that dark place and i said something to her like you need to be kinder to yourself and this is mm-hmm. the shit that i say to myself every day and she said something like you know I admire how put together you are and how much you you always positive positive." and I'm like I said to her I was like oh no not at all <laughs> no, like, no I, honey I'm like I say this stuff to myself all the time because I have to like you should hear the my my internal dialogue and mm-hmm. she was like she like, I almost wish you hadn't said that because I always <laughs> just expected you had like your shit together and i'm like oh, oh honey listen,
0: <laughs> listen <girl. laughs> little do you know
1: listen to little do you know there is some chaos happening up in here you <laughs> know and i think it um and i i since she said that i definitely try and be a little more honest especially particularly on social media because i mm-hmm. I have a really good life here in Colorado. I go snowboarding, go hiking. Like, I have a really fucking cute dog and a really handsome husband who's talented. Like, I have a good life.
0: Also of the dog came before the husband.
1: Yes, <laughs> he's number one. My fluffy oh, okay. dog is number
0: one. Okay. Just kidding.
1: Um, all right, he he was a saving grace in 2020, that's for sure. But um, mm-hmm. I have a good life, and like you, people tend to portray the best versions of themselves from the best angle on on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and. It's really not like that and every time you're authentic it takes people by guard or people say "I appreciate your honesty and i'm like mm-hmm. everybody should just be fucking honest mm-hmm. like, we don't have our shit together asshole. Yep. none of us do we all have our own demons that we're trying to battle mm-hmm. and if i can provide any little nugget of insight not necessarily a got like a, a practice or a, a something a task list to solve the problem but if i say i noticed this like can this stem some Thought for you and make your life mm-hmm. a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a when I first went to to, to OA or is Anonymous. I I actually went to a speaker meeting where this is where somebody tells their story from start mm-hmm. to finish, and I remember I she just started talking and I started crying because everything, her thought process, everything she was going through, like it sounded like me, and that was my decision to start getting healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to bring it back to the, to the authenticity, like can your honest statement to somebody make an impact for
0: someone to change their life and yep. save themselves? And that's exactly why I started being more open. And especially when I, I don't know what I thought my average base or age was when I started looking more like my actual demographics and looking at the stuff. When I realized that there's a good chunk of people who were following me, following names, were young and I was getting messages from people who were, that's my mom. You see her floating through the background. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's okay. Um, so why you need a Zoom background.
0: There you go. Um, but I was realizing like, there's a lot of young people who are following young girls. And I know how much I struggled when I was younger. Um, and the only, you know, the only people I had were people on television and on you know, computers. And again, they were only showing positive parts unless it was like a very special episode. The but filter. Yeah. And then, you know, like on TV, they have like, they're mostly okay. They have one episode of something being really dark, but the next, next week they're perfectly fine. Everything's normal. So I felt like it was important to portray um, my reality in the hopes that other people can see that like, you can be a full fledged person that has bad, terrible days, but you can rebound or it can linger a little bit, but the totality of it is not um, as long. I feel like it's my whole thing. As long as if it's a net positive, I'll take that win. Like as long as mm-hmm. overall when it's all said and done, we're more up than down. Okay, yeah, you exactly. you can run, I can still see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you.
1: I um the the body image discussion in particular and the body dysmorphia like basically what you want to call a pandemic, maybe that's a little extreme, but like that that is kind of what it is. Everybody mm-hmm. has some level of body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. And to this day I have good days and I have bad days and to this day I still fall down on the floor completely hopeless but as you evolve and you get older you find these little tools that you can put in your backpack that help mm-hmm. you get up a little yep. bit faster and maybe fall a little bit less hard you know and yep, that's that's where we're at yeah. <laughs> that's where we're at
0: oh my god I love talking to you like every like maybe that is like my subconscious like hmm if this one doesn't work you can always talk to her again
1: yes this is true <laughs> you have editing tools now
0: so you, got, hey, you, got you go hey there you go all the things at your disposal there you go but um no thank you so much for coming back and having this conversation with us again I think it, it's it is and like I guess I know you don't give a you don't really talk that much about it in um you know yeah, here we we always do we'll always show you in a respectful manner but I think your story in particular about like some of the issues that arrived through the sport and the same time, you were still able to find a path to recovery while still doing the sport, mm-hmm. even though you took breaks in a while. I think that's I think that's important because I think some people think in order to get you know quote unquote better, they have to quit everything and start a different way. Yeah. But
1: and people are going to tell you that. I've had mm-hmm. too many people tell me you should probably quit, and I'm like this thing brought me joy. It can still bring me joy. I just have to remove the pieces that are bringing me yep. to that dark place change them so i think if anybody is having like a dark experience with jujitsu i think they need to go back to where they found the joy like why they started in the first place Mm -hmm. and if that is changing your gym if it is quitting competition if it is stepping away from the scale like do those things because Mm -hmm. that is the only reason that i am still training now because i made the decision to like change the environment and taking a break is okay miss it
0: and then you find the joy again you know Mm -hmm perfect that was a great little ending tag <laughs> well thank you so very much ma'am um appreciate you thank you, yeah, this you. Is a, thank this you is for everything blast. you do tori oh shucks you know i gotta do something to kill the hours of the day um but yeah thank you so much and i will talk to you soon bye Bye. Love.